wicked, wicked fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. G'day everyone, happy Friday. After the long intro I did on Wednesday, I don't have really any sort of announcements to make early on in the podcast, so I want to pretty much jump straight into the live stream. One thing that I'll say with all our new listeners is, guys, if you haven't yet hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, uh, do that just so you can stay up to date with all the latest episodes. You might not like every episode, right? But there might be certain things you're like, oh, I really want to learn about that. That's why I like to get a diverse range of content on here. It's all going to be related to brand and business and marketing and growth. But different perspectives, right? Might be mindset one week. You might be solid on mindset, but then one week we're talking about sales. So hit the subscribe button and then you can kind of know, well, okay, this week I want to tune into this podcast. There's 12 podcasts a month. So my guess is that usually there's going to be at least one a week that's that's going to help you. Other thing really, really quickly that I'm doing is a brand new thing. I'm just about to do it after I publish this episode is I'm doing little YouTube snippets from my live streams because I realized that live streams, after they go live, they don't really get that much engagement. So I'm going to start sort of breaking things down so that they're really like nice little topical YouTube bites of like four minutes, five minutes, maybe a little bit longer that help you with a specific thing. I just really want to make it easy for you guys to get the help you need because I know you're busy and you don't always have time to listen to a whole episode. So you're here now and I hope you do listen to the whole thing. At the end of this episode, I actually kind of uh, change directions a little bit. Sometimes this happens on a live stream because what I start to talk about is like sort of the solutions that I think should be put forward instead of the typical coaching, consulting or agency stuff. So I know that a lot of people that listen to this are in the service sort of industry, as in like servicing other businesses or, you know, acting as an agency for other businesses, or you might be selling a premium service direct to consumer. So I, at the end of this, just if you're interested in that particular thing, stick around to the end because we're going to be talking about like what the market actually really needs and what one of my big issues with like just doing the coaching thing or just doing the consulting thing uh, and, and sort of a, a bit of a solution there as well that might give you some ideas for your business and where you're going and how you're pivoting this year. Uh, would love your thoughts on this, guys. So jump on Twitter at laurencress 89 use the hashtag grow your brand, or of course you can go on LinkedIn. There's been loads of people reaching out to me to say that they're loving the podcast show. Guys, if I could ask you to do me a huge favor and just go and uh, rate and review the show, um, you've gone to the effort to contact me, which is amazing. But if you really, really want to help me, if you could go and just spend five minutes rating and reviewing the show, on Apple Podcasts, that would be awesome. If you don't have Apple Podcasts, you can head over to our Facebook page and rate the show from there. So you can just give us a review and rating on the Facebook page, which is Grow Your Brand Podcast on Facebook. Thanks so much, guys, for anything you can do. One last thing, if you want to buy me a cup of coffee to start my week, 
head over to Kofi this weekend, ko-fi.com forward slash Lauren Cress. Appreciate anything you can do to help me keep this show going. And without further ado, there might be a little ad break here and then we'll get on to the Cena Nerd episode for this week. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit sixflags.com slash coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. G'day everyone, Lauren Cress, the business scientist here. Hope you're doing well. Oh, I just realized that microphone's kind of getting in the way, isn't it? Maybe I'll move it down a little bit. Essentially, I wanted to talk about the idea for in this season on Grow Your Brand for these live streams. I really want to talk about things that are topical, that are popping up, uh, things that are getting advertised a lot to us that we're kind of like, should I be doing that? And we might be dealing with a little bit of FOMO as well, like uh everyone else in small business seems to be doing that all the other entrepreneurs seem to be doing that maybe I should be doing that too and this is something that isn't like brand brand new like I mean it's pre-pandemic which just feels like a really long time ago but uh over the last few years one of the sort of pictures that have been painted for us is that we have to if we just outsource everything then life will be grand (laughs) right like if we just work out all of our systems and processes and then outsource it things will be great and we'll have like that whole four-hour work week situation thing right and I wanted to talk a little bit about my experiences with it some of my recommendations based off that and I can talk specifically about uh recommendations for marketing also from a from a more expert level, but for outsourcing in general, I'm not a recruitment person. So I'm just going to talk about my personal experiences and some of the mistakes I made and how you can avoid them in your own business. So the big thing that I did is I'm a bit of an all or nothing person. Oh, hey, Ben. Nice nice to see you. So Ben Yang from New Zealand said hello on YouTube. I'm not used to people tuning in on YouTube. So that's awesome that you found me over there, Ben. Um, g'day. <laughs> do you guys say g'day in New Zealand, by the way? I think you do, right? Um so we're just talking about outsourcing and you've probably been on here for, for a bit, so you probably already know that. But the, the big thing that I kind of did is, so I'm a bit of a control freak, right? And when I say a bit, I mean, I'm a lot of a control freak. So I kind of like things done a certain way, but I don't necessarily know what that is, right? And so when it came like time where I was kind of going, and this happened multiple times in my business where I did that typical thing of going, there's a wave of all this stuff that's coming in. I probably need some help with this. Right. And, oh, okay, God, like I better get someone to, to kind of help me. So I would see this wave coming up and I'd be like, all right, I'll see if I can get some people to help me. But I wasn't actually, I hadn't built my business like that. And so really what I was doing was subcontracting, right? So it was more like this client needs this kind of project and the having a project management background, I was like, cool, I'm going to find other people with different skill sets so we can deliver like a, you know, a holistic piece or a holistic solution to that, that client. Uh, And that kind of worked okay. But what happened for me with that kind of stuff is I just ended up sort of like a good day. (laughs) Thanks, Ben. (laughs) 
I just kind of sort of ended up like not making any money from those projects because I would want like really good experts who knew what they were doing because I wanted my client to like come back. And so I ended up, you know, kind of like hiring like experts which I think is the right thing to do, but not charging it onto the client. And so I kind of just break even. It wasn't a great way to work. But probably for a lot of you, it's unless you're running like an agency like I was running, that's probably not as relevant. So probably more what you're going to be thinking about is outsourcing for like your menial tasks, right? Like I know Ricardo Guiteros, who I had on my last show on the Oyster, he said like you should think about outsourcing in terms of like, I think he got this from someone else, but you break your tasks down into like $10 tasks, $100 tasks and $1,000 tasks. And you should ideally only be doing those $1,000 tasks. And that's, I think, what gets promoted largely, right? Is like, okay, you've got to do these, um, the $1,000 tasks. And that's how you get this four hour kind of work week thing, right? So we kind of will then often, and this is what I did, is we'll go, I know, I'll go to Upwork. I'll go to Upwork and I'll get someone who can do that really simple stuff. Like I just need them to like book in my appointments. I need them to do a bit of emailing. I need them to do a little bit of marketing stuff. Maybe I'll get them to do a little bit of sales business development, like the simple stuff. Maybe I'll get them. And very quickly, and like this is a shout out to Sally Curtis who taught me about this. We end up kind of wanting this super VA. That's her term, super VA that can kind of do all of these things. They're all these things that we kind of put into the like $15 basket or maybe the $100 uh, uh, basket. Thank you for the like on Facebook. Hello to you on Facebook. Say say hello if uh, you want a shout out because I can't see who, um, who likes this stuff, but thank you. So anyway, so you, you kind of want this super VA and <laughs> as a result, you kind of end up disappointed, right? Especially if you're a control freak like me, because you're like, oh no, like that, that text isn't centered. And I'm going to caricature myself a little bit. I'm not saying that you guys are like this, but I'm like, that text isn't centered. And that fonts, there's three different fonts on this word document. And I'm like, when did I ever tell that this VA that a requirement was that when they typed draft documents into word they had to be the same font I'm like like I didn't tell them those kinds of things I just assumed that like they would know that this is how I want things to be right and yeah I don't sound like a very fun person to work with right so it's like that's on me it's on me that this person didn't know what they were doing but every time I went to go and outsource it was when I was busy so I was like oh I'm busy I need someone to just do that kind of stuff because when I was quiet I was like oh, I don't want to get someone uh, in because like I need to generate sales first. Like I need to know there's cash flow because I don't want to have this awkward conversation with someone saying, oh, sorry, I know I just hired you for two weeks, but now I can't afford you anymore because this, you know, business didn't land. So I'd always wait until I got to that point. I've got sort of a solution to this now, but I want to focus a little bit more on some of these bad things and these mistakes first because they like I was saying before they kind of get glossed over you know what I just realized Ben because you're you said you're from New Zealand I have this little Kiwi dude sitting down here on my, my computer and it wasn't salient to me I didn't notice that he was down there until just now I've had him there for weeks um okay so they were a couple of mistakes. So, so one mistake was kind of having okay there's not predictable business therefore I'm not 
able to predict how much work is coming in. I don't know what to outsource. The other thing was like wanting this super VA, a term I've stolen from Sally Curtis. I hope you don't mind, Sally. I think it's a great term. So what do we actually, what do we need to kind of do about that? Well, if we're controlling is it just about kind of, you know, not being controlling or is it more than that, right? Like, is it, is it a process thing as well? Well, I think it's kind of like, I think that with this control thing, we need to look at the thing I said on Wednesday, which is, is, are we trying to outsource something that we actually really like to do? Like, are we trying to outsource something that actually we really love? And maybe that's part of the reason that we control it. Because for me, what I tried to do is I was like, I'm going to outsource the stuff that, yeah, it's menial tasks, but actually they're quite important tasks to me in a lot of ways. So my brand is really, really important, more so in some ways because I get scrutinized more because I'm a branding person right? So it's like people expect a higher standard of, well, if you say you're in content marketing, you say you're you're in branding and then you've made this typo, that can look a lot worse than someone who's like, well, I'm an engineer. So like, what? why would I have a pretty like banner? Like, I mean, great if you do, but maybe for some engineers, I'm trying to think, are there like engineers that work in like more the aesthetics? No, I don't think that's what engineers do. Oh, Ben, you said I have one too. It's brown. <laughs> I think this guy's kind of brown. He's like a, like brown and white. Um, okay, so where was I? <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about what you need to think about for outsourcing, particularly in marketing. But I just kind of, kind of want to finish this point around like outsourcing what you love because for me, one of the things I really love to do is craft content. And that might mean going on Canva and spending a bit of time reworking things and stylizing things, right? And that's part of what I do as it's part of what I do to like make stuff. You know, I've mentioned on the podcast show before, like the reason I put all of this stuff out there is because I love to make stuff. And if I kind of the first thing that I was trying to outsource was partly like, okay, go on Canva and make this stuff and like write this copy. And I'm like, no, that's probably one of the last things. Maybe never outsource that stuff because that's actually what I, I really like to do. The other thing is, is that we might actually be better off doing some of those things because when we do them, we get better at them and then we're going to be able to train stuff better. Right. So I, I want to talk a little bit about training. There's a few different things I want to talk about, but I think it starts with first and foremost, not just looking at what your strengths are, but also looking at what you really love to do. So in this, in the column that might be like, even if it's a $15 task, it's like the column of like what you should be doing is like strengths and what you love to do. Now within reason, like if you're like, I love to do this thing, but it's taking up my whole week and it's meaning that my business can't run. That's a little bit different. Right. But like, for example, for me, being on LinkedIn and interacting with people as myself on LinkedIn builds my business more than outsourcing it because there's all of these things that I'm picking up on that allows me to build my business. The other thing is, is it's like, what sort of goal do you have for your business? Like, are you trying to build it into like a multi-million dollar business or are you trying to just have like a lifestyle business that's like relatively small? I've talked to a lot of people who've grown businesses where they're like, I've got a team of like 50 people and I make hardly any money. 
or I had a team of 50 people and I scaled right back down to five because I realized that with a team of 50, I would sometimes not be able to pay myself. And with a team of five, I could pay myself a lot more. We could get a lot done and everyone had a better experience at work. So I think it starts with that, like kind of what Lyndall Farley was saying a couple of weeks ago about like, what do you want your life to look like? Then what do you want your business to look like? And then from there, we can start to go, okay, so what does your role look like? First and foremost, that's the most important thing. What do you love to do? What are your strengths? Both of those things. And then what are all of the other things that need to get done for the business to run? Then from there, once you have that pile, because I think a lot of people just talk about strengths. It's also what you love. From that pile, then you can kind of start to go, all right, what makes sense for me to outsource, if anything, at this time? The step, there's two steps that a lot of people miss when they do that. So it's like, okay, cool, we've done this. So life, business, role. And then from there, what you want to do is go, okay, what does this actually mean for my processes? So not just in terms of like, Here's the first step and the second step and the third step. Also, are there ways that we could be using tools to help us first? So, for example, for me, there's a lot of stuff I put out on social media all the time. I can't do all of the stuff on social media, but I want to do some of it. And it depends on how I prioritize those tasks. So I was like, I could get someone to go and manually put it out there for me, which I did do. And when the pandemic hit pretty soon after that, I was like, I can't really afford this anymore. Or I can go on something like Buffer and just schedule them automatically. So Buffer, there's heaps of different tools out there. I use the paid Buffer version, which I'm kind of liking at the moment. There's like CoSchedule, there's a bunch of them. I'm not affiliated with anything. I'm just on any of them. I'm just saying that's what you can do, right? So it's like going back to our little list there, we've got life business, role, process, technology first. And then from there, it's like, is there anything else left that I want people to help me with? Now, there's two kind of primary categories of outsourcing, right? You can either outsource to someone who knows stuff that you don't know, like an expert, where you're going, okay, I need you to come in and put my marketing strategy together because I'm an IT person. I don't know how to do marketing strategy. Or you go, I'm going to go in. I know marketing strategy. I've built my marketing strategy. I need someone to come and support me to implement certain aspects of this. Prioritizing things that way becomes a lot better rather than trying to uh, start from this place of like, I'm too busy. I'm flustered. Now I need to outsource right? Um, I want to now talk specifically about marketing because marketing is something that where there's a lot of mistakes being made. And like I said, that's the area that I know a lot more about. So this came from, I really like this little uh, breakdown that Brett Campbell shared with me like last year on my last podcast show, The Oyster. And basically he's like, well, there's five different types of marketing roles. So you have two creative roles. One is the creative director. The creative director is a person who's going, okay, we need to take, it's not even take the business. It's like, we need to take this campaign to our market. I understand the market. I understand what's going to appeal to them. And I'm going to create something like an art director that works for that market. So they're focusing not so much on like 
business numbers. They're focusing more on like, what's the fun concepts we can put together for this ad, for this campaign, but still thinking about who it's going to resonate with. So they need to know the demographic, psychographics, all that kind of stuff, right? This is going to be fun. We're going to put this little, this creative ad together. Then you have the production person. So the production person's right. Oh, okay. We've got to shoot pancakes that are like walking themselves down the road. <laughs> How do we make that happen? Right. This is like an outlandish big budget ad idea that I just came up with in my head. <laughs> How do we make that happen? Or maybe it's like, you know, something simpler, like we want to get our CEO's face in front of the public eye at the moment because we really want to build their brand as a thought leader. You've got it. We're going to do this by doing this ad campaign. This is what it's going to look like. You need to go and make that happen. So they're doing all the booking or they're doing the events or they're doing whatever needs to happen to make that campaign work. Then you have your copywriter. So your copywriter also has to understand like the human behavior stuff and they're kind of going, okay, so um, what do we need to say? What do we actually need to say? Okay, cool. So you've got these pancakes slipping down the road. Um, what do we need to, how do we contextualize that? What do we write on the ad? What's the three words that are going, going to go on the ad, right? What's that going to look like? Then you have your strategist. So your strategist is sitting there going, okay, what's going to happen with the actual, like, where are we going? How does this serve our marketing objectives? What's going to be the return on investment? All that kind of stuff, working out all the different pieces and how they work together in the grand scheme of the total, like business marketing kind of objective. And kind of like your roadmap person, right? And then you have your business builder. So your business builder is actually the person which usually we are as a business owner, who's going, this is why we're doing all of this marketing stuff. We're doing all this marketing stuff because our business wants to attract this new market or there's a new competitor here, so we're doing this. The other role actually that I didn't mention is also the tech person, the analytics person, the person who's in the data going, we just ran these ads on Google. This is the results that we got. So we've got like all these different types of roles within marketing. And what we kind of are expecting a lot of the time is to go to someone who can charge us like five bucks, 10 bucks an hour and saying that whole department of, my, of business marketing, one of the like five key areas of a business, I want you to handle it with no training. That's like what a lot of us do as small business owners. Like if we're honest about it, right? If we're really honest about it, like I did that. Like I did that and I understand how bad marketing, how complicated marketing is. Not bad. Marketing is awesome. But how complicated marketing is. But I was like, well, this is what I have and this is what I can afford. And can I get that person to do this as well? Maybe I can get them to do this as well. I didn't do it that much. I did kind of try to keep things relatively simple. Um, so I am exaggerating a little bit. But we, we can very quickly let that scope kind of creep and suddenly expect that the person that we're outsourcing to is going to deliver all of these things for us. Right. And this is why I think a lot of marketers now, especially in digital marketing, are like saying they just work in one niche. Like they just do Google ads or they do SEO and Google ads and that's it. Because it's like in that to stay up to date with everything that's happening there is like really like a lot of work. Ben Yang, you said agree. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. <laughs> right. It's kind of like we do just kind of sit there and go, uh, 
yeah, you do everything. So with S so with that particular niche, staying up to date with everything in SEO and and um and advertising, like Google ads is a lot of work. Then you've got like Facebook ads. It's like, that's a completely different game. Like, I mean, it's not completely different, but a lot of the time it's going to be hard to keep up to date with like everything on Facebook organic, everything on Facebook ads, everything on SEO, everything on, and do a really good job, right? So what you want to be wary of is like when people are not charging very much and they're saying, I do digital marketing, a lot of the time it's like, they probably don't know that much about anything. Like they probably know a little bit about a lot of things, but they probably don't know that much about anything. So if you're kind of, they can do tasks, they can execute tasks. If you say, this is the strategy, this is what we want. This is what we're doing. I need you to go in every day and check these ads, do like report back to put this spreadsheet together, export this to me, send it over to me in an email. Like, that's something someone can do without knowing how Facebook ads work, but it's not something you can't get someone to run that for you, right? Now, some of you might be sitting there going like, yeah, Lauren, I know, <laughs> like I can't get the world for five bucks, but I only have five bucks. So what we need to think about then is going back to that kind of like, do, do I know this myself? Can I map this out and think about this enough to kind of put together a process document to go, this is what I need someone to do? If you can't do that, then it, that's when you probably want to talk to a consultant where you say, okay, I need you to come in, look at what's happening to my business and tell me what should I be doing next, right? And again, with consultants, they might also go, well, I can tell you about this part. So I can be the roadmap person for you and do the strategy for you, but I can't really do the copywriting for you. I think what's happened as a result of this kind of shift, like, because I think we're seeing this happen like right now, like th this, this change is happening. What a lot of people in my boat have done where we're like, oh, okay, like I want to help people grow their brand is we've ended up going into coaching because we're like, okay, if I want to work with business owners who are doing innovative things on a shoestring budget, which is like, they're the most fun, like corporates, they pay a lot of money, but they're super boring. Sorry, anyone who's in corporate, but you know, it's true. If you really think about it, a lot of corporate jobs are pretty boring. I've had a few of them and you want to work with people who have all this energy. You kind of realize like you're going to have, you're not going to be able to charge the money that you would charge. Right. But the other thing is, is you still need to kind of be able to provide as much value as possible. And so a lot of people are going, oh, I'll do the coaching thing because then I can do like, you know, people go like I do a done for you service and I do like a do with you service and I do a like teach you service or whatever, right? That's like the typical kind of breakdown a lot of people do. But what I also think the problem is, because I've seen this happen so much, like with clients that I've had, where I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can, I can coach you, is then they'll turn around to me and say, but I don't know how to write the copy still. So I'm like, I'm teaching you how to write the copy or I'm reflecting back to you, okay, like you've written this copy, what do you, does that speak to your audience? Like, and I always find it hard to stay in the coaching role because I'm actually a consultant. So I find it really hard to be like, well, this, I'm like, sometimes I'm just I'm like, well, this copy's not very good. So like, I need to tell this person how to fix it. So they don't waste all this money on like ads, putting them out there because they thought it was good. Right. So 
we've a lot of us have kind of gone okay we'll do coaching then it's like oh no I can't coaching's not really working okay I'll put a course together and then like I was saying last week on this seen and heard live stream then the problem is it's like well people don't necessarily want to go and pay all this money to sign up to a course right especially time for entrepreneurs so time for entrepreneurs who are needing to outsource are not going to be like, now I'm going to go do a course because that's the last thing that they need <laughs> is, is more work to do. So I just think, I think it's a really interesting kind of problem. I wanted to kind of wrap this up by saying like, I think what the solution is, is for us to start doing sort of like hybrid things where we can have a product while we're working through the strategy. So for people listening or watching this who are in the coaching consulting kind of space, I think what we need to be doing for entrepreneurs who are, you know, kind of struggling and need help is the best way that we can serve them is to kind of, it's almost like we're building the boat as we're sailing a little bit. So I'll give you an example. For me, what I'm doing is I'm doing, and you guys, if you've watched this before, you'll know, what I'm doing is essentially offering people um, an interview series, right? So it's like we film an interview series. It's not on the, well, it can be on this show that is a sponsored thing, but most of the time people are like, I just want branded content for me. I'm like, yes, awesome. So you have a product, right? I want all of this content with my head talking on it. Great. But what actually happens is through this process of like having a workbook and actually taking people through a bit of like a, process to go let's define your brand story before you do these interviews let's work out how you're going to answer all of these questions in these different interviews in doing that without people necessarily realizing what I'm actually doing with them is their brand strategy so we end up having both we have their brand strategy but we also at the same time have all this content and as a result of having all this content basically from there it's like great here's how you create a production line with a VA team that don't cost a heap of money with a VA team who don't charge what I charge an hour, go and take that content to them and they can go and post that out for the next three months. And that way you're building your brand. It's on message. It's relevant to what's been happening in the last three months. And we've just recorded all of this stuff. And at the same time, we've figured all this stuff out about your brand. And I think that's the way forward. I don't think we can keep pushing these courses out and expecting people to just sign up to them. I think we need to look at that done with you model and think about it more as in like, okay, what actually does this person really need? What's going on for them? And how can I meet them where they are? So I know that's like kind of flipping it a little bit because at the beginning, I'm talking about people who are looking for outsourcing. And at the end, I'm talking about people who can help with that issue. But I think a lot of people who watch this and listen to this and people in my network are kind of in those two categories. I think people are often like me where they're kind of like, I am an entrepreneur, I am building my business, but at the same time, actually offering business services. And so I need to come back and think about how I can I can kind of connect this in a little bit better with what's going on for my customer. If you've got the process down pat, if you know what people need to do and you're kind of like just resisting it because you do, you're like me and you do feel a little bit like I need to control things, you know, like I've got the money, but I don't really want to let go of this task. What I'd encourage you to do is one, think about that resistance. What's stopping you from, from looking at that? And then the other thing I would say to you is 
have a look at what's out there in terms of outsourcing. Like you'd be surprised. So for instance, um, if you haven't done the Upwork thing, there are actually some really, really great providers on places like Upwork and stuff. There's also ones like if you're a nonprofit or a charity, there's actually like new platforms emerging that are about how you can grow um, grow your, your business with freelancers who are like, uh, want to work in that social impact space. And usually people who are really bought into that kind of social impact thing, again, they'll also probably not charge you as much. They'll give you a discount because you're a charity or a nonprofit. So you can go to these sort of platforms to find people, but what you'll, you'll probably find is that when you've got something really specific, like for me, if I'm like, I just need 20 episodes like transcribed, I just need someone to go and do that. And I'm like, I'd rather get a person to do it than like have to upload it to something and fix the corrections and stuff. I'm just going to get a person to do it. Like Upwork is great for stuff like that. If you're looking for like virtual assistants, Upwork can be useful, but like you have to interview them. You have to meet the people and work out like who's going to kind of do things. The other thing, and this is from Sally that she said was like with VAs, Sally Curtis, who I mentioned before is like you need to have a, a defined role for them. So don't have like, okay, you're doing all the menial tasks and assisting me with everything. It's like that's my marketing VA. That's my sales VA. That's my reception VA. This is my customer ser- or my customer service VA. Like have defined roles for them. Write down what it is they're doing and what they're not doing and make it really clear about how they're going to help the business grow rather than sort of like I thought of this this week, which is, again, what I did. So I think because I was quite controlling in some ways, I ended up kind of like self-sabotaging things because I was like, oh, I um, yeah, it's better when I do it. It's better when I do it. And it's like, well, no, not necessarily. It's great to get help, but we just need to be realistic about like the budget we have what's worth outsourcing, whether there's other things that are better off done by a computer and creating a role that's actually also interesting for someone to, like there's a real person doing that work. So is it actually work that's going to be interesting and engaging for them as well and something that they're going to be excited to to show up and do every day? Um, That's it from me if there's no questions. Uh, If you're listening back to this on the podcast as well, come to the live stream next time. So 11 a.m. Friday, I do it every week on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook. Until next time, remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place. See you later. All right, guys, that's it from me for this week. I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous weekend. And yeah, I'd love to know what you think. I'd love to know what you think about this. Like what have been your outsourcing sort of issues? Like I guess like it'd be nice to know that I'm not the only control freak <laughs> out there. I think it's really great if we as business owners can talk about our failures and the things that we kind of struggle with or found hard or it's like, hey, you know, this is not as advertised. This is not as advertised. So the question for the week, which I'll sh- I, I share at the beginning of the week, but I started on Friday, is what's been your experience with outsourcing? The good, the bad, the ugly? Share your thoughts. Jump on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you are. I'll be posting the question on all my social channels and I'd love to hear what you think. All right, guys, until next time, remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place.